0: We're, we're, we're doing that Brooklyn, Nets, Brooklyn talk, Nets
1: talk right here on Talkin' Nets. Brooklyn, we go hard. We go go hard. Talkin' Nets. Talked by Keith McPherson, Robin Lundberg, and Hudson Flynn. Yes, sir. Welcome back to Talkin' Nets, episode 197. We're going to get to 200. I mean, we had a bonus episode a couple days ago, and uh, it didn't go to YouTube. It just went straight to audio, and I wasn't really too excited about the matchup against Giannis and the Bucks. 15-game win streak after they beat the Nets, and then uh, second half of a back-to-back, you roll into the garden, and you get rolled. You get curb stomped You get your ass beat, and uh, the Nets world is reeling right now. The Nets fans are feeling it right now. Who are you mad at? There's a ton of blame to go around, but ultimately, this team is still in playoff contention, they will be in the play-in somewhere, and they just gotta figure it out, clearly, they haven't had enough time to figure it out after this uh, All-Star break, clearly, there's some disconnect, what you're seeing on the court is not the identity that we thought we would see around the trade deadline, right, a a 3-and-D team, a team that was gonna be able to shoot and play defense, well, Jacques Vaughn and uh, the Brooklyn Nets got a little bit of uh, time left to figure this out. I think there's 20 games left, and if you're a Nets fan, brace for impact. Like I think I told you on the last episode, it's not going to be sweet. Robin Lumberg, Hudson Flynn, what's up, guys? Welcome in.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, <laughs> it is what it is, though. That that's part of. I I don't necessarily get like the anger at this point in time, or maybe it's the the reality setting in and, and perhaps this is a team that you could argue is better off tumbling all the way to the lottery uh since they have their own pick aside from the the Houston switch but when, when you talk about the games in, in these these recent last couple of games and, and the state of the franchise and everything like that the bucks game was a good start they played well the Knicks game was over from jump and, and the Knicks have a good squad this year yeah, credit to them I mean I think they're they're actually A legitimately good team. But I actually took some solace in what Cam Johnson said after the game. Because if you look at the the trades that the, the Nets made, obviously the Harden trades have been pretty much a disaster, um, considering one of them you still owe a bunch of picks for, the other one you didn't recoup anybody that's actually contributing to the team. We'll see what happens with Ben Simmons. The Irving trade is not paying immediate dividends because. Spencer Dinwiddie's been eh, and Dorian Finney-Smith can't hit a shot. Um, that that draft pick may turn out good. But the Suns trade for Kevin Durant, I'm not mad at that one. I, I, you know Considering we got to the point where it, it had to happen, I'm not mad at that one because I think Bridges and Johnson are core pieces, and Johnson is, is starting to show stuff off the dribble. But what I liked about what he said after the game, he took a little bit of a leadership role. He sort of came out and said, Look, uh, you know, we, we're supposed to be better than this on defense. I am surprised by where we're at. But at the same time, we're, we're trying new things. This team did switch everything. We tried to install a little drop coverage and everything. And I still believe in them. You know, I still want to compete with these guys. So when you do look at the standings, there's a couple ways to take it. One is let them tank all the way to the, the lottery so they get a draft pick. The other is, yeah, they lost to the Bucks, who are red hot. Yeah, they lost to the Knicks, who were red hot. Yeah, they'll probably lose to the Celtics, who are very good. Then it finally softens up, at least for a couple of games, and they get a, a little bit of a rhythm together. But Miami lost, too. And the, the Nets are in sixth right now, a game and a half up on seventh. So, depending on where things go from here, I don't think this is a good basketball team or a competitive basketball team, obviously, with any sort of hopes of of winning anything of significance. But I also don't think it's probably as bad as it's been the last couple games. Either. Yeah,
2: and I also think it's it comes down to reevaluating what your expectations are, right? Because with this Nets team, the idea is no longer we are going to win a championship now. And the Spencer Dinwiddie trade seems to have been made with that in mind. It seems to have been a keep KD in town kind of trade, which that one hurts a little bit. I don't think necessarily that makes it innately a bad trade. I believe in the concept of who Dorian Finney-Smith is as a player, even if he hasn't shown it so far. But when you look at the Suns trade and you look at the direction that the Nets have, frankly, been forced to go down by Kyrie Irving primarily and Kevin Durant for whatever ba- like you know longer-term reasons you might want to point to, the Nets are in a very good position to retool. And if you took this team and you took this roster— And you said, hey, you're a retooling team looking to get yourselves right in the offseason towards contending for a championship. No one would complain. And these losses aren't fun. Losing to the Knicks, getting smoked by the Knicks twice now isn't fun. Losing to the Bucs, blowing a lead against the Bucs isn't fun. It's not the type of winning basketball that we had been playing. But. That's not who this Nets team is anymore. And if you're watching these games, you shouldn't be watching them for wins. You should be watching them for things to look for in the future. Cam Johnson, 31 points against the Knicks. That's, he, he's a great basketball player. He can create his own shot. He is not just a you know stand and wait to hopefully hit a three-point shot like the Nets have had so many of over the last couple of years. Mikhail Bridges, in every game except for one since he's been on the Nets, has scored more than 20 points and has looked great aside from that one, you know, kind of a stinker. And you have a lot of pieces. So I think Nets fans should just take solace in the fact that we are retooling, not rebuilding. And when when it comes to the people who say that we should blow it up, we already have. We already have. We're already down that path. You're already down that road. What 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 is it that you're looking for the Nets to do additionally? This offseason is going to come, and we're going to reload ourselves for another year, for another run, maybe with a star. And what is what is what what is there when you take that into account,
0: really, to to expect from this Nets team, quite frankly? Who, by the way, were a playing team last year. I mean, that's, before, we, before we act like this was the most dominant team ever constructed, they were in the playoffs. It's not all that different. That's what it is, right? <laughs> the, the
1: expectations are all over the place, right? The ideas of what the Nets are or are supposed to be are rangy. And obviously that happens when you have two of the best players in the league on the team. But they never played, and they never won anything either. You're also not
2: either a super team or tanking for Wembenyama. Those are not the only two options in the NBA. (laughs) (laughs) It's not that far ranging. Like, I I look at the Nets right now
1: like this, similar to what Hudson said. Man, whatever happens this year happens. You can be optimistic as much as you want about the future of this season, but this was never the plan. This was no one's plan. This was random, right? If you're going to be mad at somebody, be mad at the guy that pressed the button to make this present random, right? Be mad at uh, A11 even for saying uh, I don't care about the Nets organization or the fans. Uh, I care about myself first and foremost. If we didn't already know that, boom, detonate. This thing is blown up. Who's winning score with
0: Luca, by the way? I believe.
1: Yeah, I I love that. Uh, <laughs> I love that. There's a there's a clutch points uh, article where. Uh, they, they talk about all the teams after the deadline. I should have probably clipped this and and like how they're doing since the trade. And uh, I don't know if people can see this. I'll probably clip it up now so that we can put it in to the um, actual YouTube. But yeah, when you look at the Mavs, they're one in four, not going so but great. But should
2: they fire Jason Kidd? <laughs>
1: Right. Should are they, they blow it up? Are they all panicking? The Clippers. I mean, the Clippers are the Clippers, but it's like mm, they get Russ. And I think who was it? Somebody somebody was talking about how Russ is the difference in winning the championship. It's early, but it's getting late early. There's only 20 games left and uh, you got to figure some stuff out. I mean, speaking of that, Josh Hart doesn't want you to talk about it. But now the Knicks are seven and oh since acquiring him. As a Nets fan, I've been through 11 game losing streaks just last year in the KD Kyrie era. The year before, there was like an eight game losing streak. They're in one right now, and they're in a rut right now. We're going to find out who wants to be here, who wants to play, whether they want to play for the name on the back of their jersey, their own pride, or they want to play for the front of the jersey. And uh, that's all you can really look at is like who's competing, who's giving effort, and I think a big topic of conversation that came up last night was Jacques Vaughn. So let's start there. I mean, the, the Nets go into the garden. They get smoked 142 to 118. All types of career records, uh, team records, NBA records. <laughs> were getting broken 47 points by the Knicks in the first quarter. That was, I think, the most points scored in the NBA this season. And a lot of people are looking at Jacques Vaughn like, wait, didn't this guy just get an extension? And this is the effort that the players are giving. This is the defense that they're playing. So let's start with Jacques Vaughn. Are you feeling differently right now about the fact that this guy is extended until 2026, 2027? Shout to Nets Kingdom. I've been sourcing a lot of uh, clips from my guy AJ's Twitter. He writes, Brooklyn Nets have not won a game since signing Jacques Vaughn to an extension. What are your concerns going forward about Coach JV? I'll start. I look at Jacques Vaughn and this extension as premature. I think he already had like the next year like this. It wasn't just this half a season or like just finishing this season after Nash. I think they did already, um, you know, give him next year, but then they just added another like four years. And I think that was premature. And I also think that it was a wholesome hire, right? The Nets want to repair their image. And Jacques Vaughn is positive and he's fun and he smiles and he's always got this energy about him in the post game. So the Nets said, Yeah, we've got the toxic guys out of here. No more Katie and Kyrie. The face of our franchise is Jacques Vaughn and Nets fans, you can expect to see him till 2026, 2027. Your thoughts?
0: Yeah, I don't think this is on Jacques Vaughn. Uh, I really don't, for the most part. Uh, I th- I like Jacques Vaughn. I think you need some stability as a franchise and an organization. Uh, you need somebody to oversee where they're they're at right now and where they're getting to. And uh, at the same time, it's Joe size money. So like, if if they want to fire him, they can still fire him. They just got to pay him. It d- doesn't Indeed, mean, yeah, Indeed. It doesn't mean it's not permanent. <laughs> yeah. um, the other the other aspect, it's not like Ben Simmons' contract, right? The other aspect of it is there are some small criticisms I have. Sometimes I think people confuse lack of purpose with lack of effort. And hearing Cam Johnson talk last night, I wonder if some of what looks like lack of effort is guys it not innately registering second nature what they're doing in specific situations. And against NBA talent, when you're not making those decisions, boom, boom, that can look like lack of effort because it's indecision. So I, I want to see how they, they do after a few games together and, and after this humbling that they, they've had. My biggest critiques of, of Jacques Vaughn are, are small rotation things. Number one, Joe Harris should never play again. Um, Neither should Seth Curry. Those minutes should go to Yuta Watanabe and to Edmund Sumner when he is back. This is a team that can use some point-of-attack defense. Jalen Brunson is just destroying them every time they play. That's where Sumner comes in. He also... Add some punch uh, as an athlete, as a guy who goes straight to the rim. Watanabe brings energy, and he's a better shooter than Joe Harris. I mean, maybe not historically, but right now he is. The other thing, and I'll keep going back to it: Cam Thomas should be playing with a long leash, with the ball in his hands. I know he screws up sometimes. I know he's not completely consistent, but that's why you have to let him play through those things. I would have him on the floor as the starting point guard, next to with not the ball. Not John. Yeah, he's an old-school
1: guy. He's a veteran in the NBA. He's looking at these veterans and a young guy like Cam Thomas and saying, hey, you're 21. It's your second year. You're not there yet. We're going to go with experience.
0: But he's going to be forced to make those changes, I think, sooner rather than later. We've got a, a premium chat from Joel, and he says CJ needs to get paid. And that is my my biggest takeaway from the Knicks game is Cam Johnson from the last several games because I was thinking of it as Bridges. Now I'm thinking of it as Bridges and Johnson, the Twins. So I, you know, there's part of me that feels good about that. There is part of me that feels good uh, about the fact that those are two guys who I like, who I think can get better and who I think are, are, are the kind of players who can show off with more opportunity. Cause I'll use Jalen Brunson as an example, really quickly. Um, Jalen Brunson was in Dallas. He won two playoff games for the Mavs last year when, when Luca was out and, and you know, Lucas had help. It looks like this whole time. He just has the ball so much. You couldn't tell Jalen Brunson nobody thought of him like a star because he didn't have the opportunity to show that. Now I'm not saying either of these guys will be what Jalen Brunson has been to the Knicks, but sometimes then be a little bit later in your career and it just takes that opportunity for you to show what you can actually do. And and, and I think both those guys are, are developing in the right way.
2: Yeah. And there's definitely a lot of rotational things that you can quibble about with Jacques Vaughn. I think Cam Thomas has proven that he needs to play. He deserves to play. He has earned – uh, all of the playing time that he deserves and more, or that he has gotten and more. But when you think about firing Jacques Vaughn, first off, like Robin said, you can. KD left after one year of his contract. Jacques Vaughn could leave tomorrow. Jacques Vaughn could get fired tomorrow. It's it's Joe size money if that's how he wants to spend it. In terms of a, of a statement of intent and a statement of stability, I like the extension because it shows that we are committing to having someone stay around for a long time. But when at the end of the day, that commitment doesn't necessarily really mean all that much because he can be fired if he if he does poorly. You know, we, we signed Steve Nash to a contract and then we fired him. We signed Kenny Atkinson to a contract and then we fired him. Those things don't necessarily matter. But when you're looking at this stretch of games, I'm not quite sure what people expect of Jacques Vaughn. And I think Cam Johnson's quotes actually kind of spoke to this a little bit. All of these players, this half of a new team that the Nets have brought in has completely not only changed the Nets play style. So that's gone for all the players that were already here and has changed all of the play styles of all of these players that got brought in from disparate places. They are going to hesitate. They are going to be unsure about their defensive rotations. They are going to be unclear about what exactly their responsibilities are because, like Spencer Dinwiddie said, they haven't practiced yet. They're implementing a new system. And you can't expect that system to be implemented overnight when you make those types of changes. He is not the some amalgamation of Larry Brown and Phil Jackson and Red Arbach. He's not, you know, that kind of a coach. But at the end of the day, you have to give him a little bit of leeway in terms of he has all of these players. Who have not played this system before and if you are committing as a team to play a system which is what you should do when you do not have stars that dictate what your entire system is there is going to be time to make that adjustment and it has looked bad but in spurts it has looked good and so when you're judging this season you can judge it off of wins and losses but i don't think you're going to get anywhere by doing that if you want to actually take not only an optimistic view, but a realistic view of what the Nets are trying to do, you have to judge what happens next with the season for the players, for Jacques Vaughn, for the organization, for everybody, as a tryout for future seasons. Because Jacques Vaughn is going to show things that will justify his extension and things that won't. And at the end of the day, it just comes down to if he shows more things that justify it than, than things that don't. And at the end of the day, I think he's going to. And even if he doesn't, the consequences of that extension are not very steep because at the end of the day, he can always be gone tomorrow if Josiah decides to. Yeah, so moving on from the Jacques Vaughn extension
1: conversation, I'm not mad at it. I just think it was a PR stunt. I think it was a wholesome hire. I think it was a way for the Nets organization to create some news around the new direction that they're going. And uh, since then, it hasn't been going so great. The title of the episode, not looking good for the Nets. And uh, let's move on. I mean, the Knicks game last night, I want to send a message to Nets fans. I was on air right after. And uh, I don't know. I, I've i uh, switched gears. I'm, I'm a hockey fan. I'm watching the Devils. I didn't even watch the second half. There's no need. They were getting their doors blown off. Devils are a good on, team. I turn on you Devils versus Avalanche. Who, who would have thought? Look at me. I'm an NHL guy now. What I want to say to Nets fans is don't let this consume you. I know that the Nets might be your favorite team. The NBA might be the only league that you watch, but you have nothing to do with the organizational moves. You have nothing to do with the players. Do not wear it to the point where, like, you're fighting Knicks fans and you're down about it and uh, you're stressing out and you're sick about this whole thing. It's okay. Like, let the Knicks have their time, right? We had our time. We beat the Knicks nine games in a row. We were on top of the world, right? Or at least on top of the Nets world and in this city when these Knicks fans wanted to talk about their fan base and New York forever and who runs New York. We had three years. It's been three years since the Knicks have been able to beat the Nets back-to-back games, right? They haven't done that since Kobe died. I literally went back and looked. It was January 26, 2020 when we lost Kobe and uh, Haya didn't um, show up to the game. That was the last time the Knicks were able to win back-to-back games against the Nets. So three long years, that's pent-up frustration, that's misery, and now they're letting it all out. It's fine, right? I saw somebody write to me, oh, the bullies are getting bullied. I'm like, what bullies do you see on the floor for the Nets? Like, the bullies are gone. Like, the superstar talent is in Phoenix, right? KD made his debut last night. And uh, I don't know if you're rooting for KD or not. I still enjoy watching KD hoop. Like, he, was, he was still super efficient. This guy missed two months, and he doesn't miss a beat. He's still a, a rare talent. Uh, just, you know, in his head, he thinks that it, it's okay to, you know, jump, jump the ship and, uh, you know, jump on with other teams. Uh, but I'm trying to focus this on the Knicks and this game. So, you know, in talking about the trolling and the back and forth, Mitchell Robinson last night threw us actually a bone. These Knicks fans and players are feeling themselves. They were partying like it was 1999 in the locker room. And I guess that got to Mitchell Robinson's head. This guy went Twitter fingers and uh, put a tweet out. And what I think is hilarious about the tweet is that he said he was (laughs) standing 10 toes down on it. Uh, He deleted the tweet. But let's see if we can pull it up. I I think I screenshot NBA Central. They Well, not that one. NBA Central put up a deleted tweet from Mitchell Robinson where he says, fun fact, best center in New York, and I'm standing 10 toes on that. If you're standing on something 10 toes down, you can't delete the tweet. So if you want to run through the uh, NBA Central tweet and then Hudson's tweet and then Mitchell Robinson's tweet, so here's the deleted tweet. Like, why would you take it down if you're standing 10 toes down on it? It's a shot at Nick Claxton who everybody this year has put respect on that young man's name, Defensive Player of the Year accolades. Uh, he was getting all-star votes. And you can just watch for yourself. Nick Claxton has come a long way. He's shooting better from the free throw line, his bag as far as like his, his offensive game, his moves in the paint, his defense. Um, you saw him against Giannis the other night. And uh, Mitchell Robinson, I guess, was just feeling himself, you know, freshly being back a couple games. Hudson weighed in. Because I guess he slept on it, Mitchell Robinson, and woke up. And he's like, y'all take shit to the heart too much, bro. Really? It was just having a little fun. Y'all take stuff too serious. It blew up overnight. Every NBA outlet, all these fans weighed in. And Hudson's like, yeah, you're corny, bro. Like, how can you say something and say you're standing on it, then retract it, and then say everybody takes it too serious? So uh, that was I I looked at that as Mitchell Robinson throwing Nets fans a bone. Like, hey, they should have just said less.
0: Well, you know, it's funny, the, the part about tanning, standing ten toes and then deleting, it is humorous. I actually don't mind Mitchell Robinson thinking that, saying that, putting into the universe. That's his prerogative. He outplayed Nick Claxton. Claxton hasn't played very well since the trades. Um, though I, I do like the, the idea of him kind of getting the ball and pushing it up the court, which is something that the, the Nets are experimenting with. He's had a better season than Mitchell Robinson overall, but I, I don't mind that. What, what I find um, kind of interesting is how consumed Knicks fans still seem to be with the Nets. You know, like, at this point, it should be about the Knicks. <laughs> the Knicks can't lose a game. They're, they're smoking teams. Jalen Brutz is the player of the month in, in February. Like, all these things are, are good things for the Knicks, but they're still talking about the Nets. So I, I do think that says something uh, about where the Nets are um, at least rent free, rent season. free,
1: rent free, bro. Rent free, rent free, rent free.
0: Yeah, the, the rent is high in New York, but not in their heads. And we got another premium chat from Joel who says playing Cam, or I think he's referencing Thomas now, gets some experience and ups his value. Look, the guys that I would be running out there for extended minutes together are Claxton, Bridges, Johnson, and Thomas. You know, the, the rest of it you can mix and match. Those are the guys that I would have on the floor for the majority of the game.
2: Yeah, and going back to the Mitchell Robinson comments, I mean, anyone with a pair of eyes knows that Nick Claxton is a better player than Mitchell Robinson. But Mitchell Robinson's a good player; he's a good player. I think he, if he was on the Nets, I would think he was great. He he is a good player. He's not as good as Nick Claxton, and I think I will say I agree to a certain extent that Nick Claxton hasn't played very well. But his performance against the Bucks in that in that last game was was very impressive, and in a playing against a player that supposedly is higher uh, in the depoy rankings than him and Brook Lopez. I was, I was very uh, impressed with that. And, you know, there, there is something to be said for his attitude seems a little different, but I'm not in his head. I'm not in the locker room, right? I, I don't know what's going on at the end of the day. He took the James Harden trade pretty hard. These are his friends. These are his teammates and he's still a young guy and, you know, losing your friends, losing your teammates like that is never easy. I mean, you look at players, as like stoic as someone like um jared allen big j talked about how sad it was leaving brooklyn right he talked about all that stuff it's just the the people 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 kind of forget that these are people and not just players yeah let me let me add to this so i don't forget it but like
1: that's a big part of just the nba trade deadline in itself yeah absolutely Um, dorian finney smith went on vacation with um uh reggie bullock i believe And he's like, what am I, like, that's my brother. What am I supposed to do? Like, not go on the vacation we planned because I got traded? And, you know, emotions and feelings come into this. Uh, When they got their doors blown off by the Bulls, I I felt like they had it coming. They were one foot in the All-Star break, one foot back in the season. And when you talk about Nick Claxton and Cam Thomas, I said last night on the radio, man, these guys spent their whole young careers with guys that they idolized, with guys that they played on 2K with that they watched and got to actually meet and break bread and travel with and KD, Kyrie, James Harden. And then, you know, they see these guys force trades and force their way out and they're left here. You got to be careful with that. Like, one, um, these guys' emotions and feelings about the team and organization. And two, if they think that that's the way, if they try and follow in their footsteps, if they think, hey, you know, this organization sucks or, hey, I don't want to be here you know, trade me too, or get me out of here as well. Like you got to tread lightly with all of that.
2: Yeah. And and that, that was really the core of it. I mean, it's just, it's these players are people uh, at the end of the day and things like that, you know, change people. They change the way you're going to perform. And at the end of the day, they change things like team structure and that is going to change the way you play Nick Claxton. I wouldn't call him the best offensive force on the nets, maybe, you know, number three, number four, but he is now more of a primary focus than he has ever been in his entire career. In his entire career, no one has ever keyed in on him and said Nick Claxton is a player that we need to stop. He's always been able to add on the margins to an already existing set of great superstars. But now he is the guy and he's the guy for extended minutes when it comes to the fact that the Nets do not have a backup center because De'Ron Sharp doesn't deserve to play and Ben Simmons was never the answer but clax is that guy now he's number one guy so that's going to take some adjusting it's going to take some adjusting in his own mentality in how he feels about the way he's playing and the style of of play that he brings to the court so there's a lot that you can look at in terms of nick Claxon since the trade but kind of just like everybody you got to give him some some leeway when it comes to figuring out his role on what is essentially an entirely new team I'll take it if you if you don't got anything to add. Uh, I
1: think we should put up the uh, tweet from Jay from BK. Uh, as we're talking about Nick Claxton and as Hudson just mentioned, no backup center. We're forced to use Dayron Sharp. Ben Simmons has knee soreness, back soreness. Uh, he's just soft. Jay from BK writes, Nets World, he, and he lists, I'm not going to go through all of these names. I'll skip through a few of them. Uh, he puts Boogie in there. Ed Davis, Derek Favors, Sergi Baca, Dwight Howard. Ennis Cantor, Nolan's Nor- Noel, Tristan Thompson, who's on ESPN, Hassan Whiteside. He says they're all available to be signed by the end of this day-day experiment, which is, you know, second year player Dayron Sharp being our backup center. Before I pass it to Robin, I'll say this. The Nets went from being what I thought were buyers at the deadline to literally selling their most expensive assets. In a matter of days, they went from, okay, how can we improve this team, right? We need a backup center. We need a backup point guard to, oh, Kyrie wants out. Well, now's the time. And Kevin Durant, we weren't sure if he was going to follow up. And I feel like as we're listening to KD talk about, like, oh, I was nervous. Like, I don't know who's going to be my teammates. Bruh, give me a break. I feel like there wasn't enough communication between KD and the front office. Because why in the hell would they make a trade to add pieces thinking that, like, KD was going to stay? You're looking at a team with that that got back pieces that weren't necessarily supposed to go together. So the trade deadline was a mess. You don't get a backup center. Ben Simmons, you can't rely on making $34 million a year. There's a lot of fingers to, you know, there's a lot of uh, blame to be going around. A lot of fingers being pointed in places, but... When you look at Sean Marks and you look at Josiah and how they went about all of this, right? It was like Joe Josiah was hard on the fact that he didn't want to send Kyrie to the Lakers. Okay, cool. But, like, he should have had a clear-cut idea from, you know, Katie staying, right? Even I was at the game. Katie came and sat on the bench, and Nets fans took that as like, okay, he's staying. He's here. He showed face. No, bro is out the door. So you have two trades being made and no real— idea of like what you're trying to do to improve the team so now you have a bunch of pieces that Jacques vaughn is tasked with putting together and it's a mess well,
0: well those players are bums you know that were on that list so none of those guys are helping the nets right now <laughs> that's I just mean, like
2: are, can can one of them potentially dwight be howard's hitting threes in taiwan <laughs> yeah,
1: oh, no, can one of them be better than dayron sharp
0: and maybe, I, that's not my not, list but probably not they, right around the they same should have been able to there were other centers that were traded for nothing yeah. Look at the NBA right now. Who ever is just signed off the scrap heap at this point in the season makes an impact? In fact, who comes in off the buyout market and actually makes an impact? Blake Griffin is probably one of the biggest buyout impact players in the last several years, and he wasn't any good for the Nets. You know, like once you're on the buyout market, that's there's a reason you're on the buyout market. And if you're still a free agent at this point, there's a reason you're still a free agent. So the backup center thing, sure, you know, if they had brought KD back, and that was an issue, I, I, I could see it a little bit more. That's not what happened. The team had to be blown up you know, it, on the fly in a matter of a couple of days. So the Mavs trade does look like it was made for the, the short-term in mind. But remember, that draft pick is the first year Luca's contract is over. If things don't go well in Dallas and Luca bolts, the, the Nets have that first-round pick. I think the Suns trade was an excellent trade. I think that was an excellent trade that will play out very well for the Nets in the long term. We'll see what KD does in Phoenix. In the meantime, the biggest hindrances to this roster are the dead salary. And that's the guys that, that's what I'll blame, Sean Marks and Joe Sy or whoever you want to blame for. Joe Harris making like $20 million and he's not an NBA player. Ben Simmons is making like $40 million and he doesn't play. When Ben Simmons comes back, he has to be the backup center because you have to see. If you can extract any value or rebuild him, you have to, it's a duty. The rest of it, you know, Seth Curry obviously didn't have any value on the market or he'd be gone because he's not any good. So like, that's the problem is the dead salary of these guys who just aren't helping you at all. That's what's hurting this roster because it's, it's the depth. It's not the, it's not the guys that they got. You know, those guys are good. Bridges is good. Johnson's good. It's not those guys. It's the fact that there's nobody left. And you already had that mess. And and that's what was inherited after the trade. The backup said, "Ah, who cares?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think I would care a lot more if Kevin Durant was still on the team, right? And if the Nets were trying to compete for a championship and that was very clearly a hole that was keeping them from winning. But the buyout market does not have anybody that is going to really make the difference. And like, whatever, Darren Sharp is whatever. Not really an NBA player, but neither are these guys. And they're literally not in the NBA. (laughs) I would have loved it. I would have absolutely adored it if we could have seen, if, if the Suns still had held on to Jalen Smith and we could have gotten Jalen Smith on the Nets, that would have been awesome. You know, there's players that could have helped the Nets. Nas Reed, like everyone talks about, could have helped the Nets, but there's a reason he's not on the Nets is because he's expensive. Because you have to pay for those players, right? And if you are, you know, putting yourself in a position where you are trading pieces to get future assets, you know, we we need a a, a backup center, but we can address that. We don't need to address that right now. It sucks. It's not very fun to watch, but at the end of the day, like like Robin said, we are being hamstrung by who is on the roster, not by who is not on the roster. And there is a lot to blame Sean Marks for, and Josiah. I guess I don't really loop those two in together. They people think seem to think that they act hand in hand. Josiah is the CEO of Alibaba or whatever, so he's got other shit going on, but. There's other things that the Nets need to address. If they're thinking about anything right now, if they're spending time analyzing or figuring things out, it should be how do we extract any value from Ben Simmons and then get him off the roster? How do we get bad players off the roster so that we can make moves at a time when the moves matter? Because a buyout center right now, maybe let's say, let's give him a ton of credit and say that he wins the Nets one game. One game. So what? So what? What does it mean right now? It doesn't mean anything until next year's offseason and then we will have more flexibility to address those things. Yeah, this year's
1: cooked. <laughs> like it, I mean, it sucks to
2: be a fan of a team
1: that you realize like there there's nothing to look forward to. It's a slow death. Uh I guess like my optimism was maybe they they're not a playing team. I just I don't know. I don't think they're gonna be able to, you know, hold off with the with the schedule coming up that they have. Maybe they win a playoff game, but maybe they get swept. I watched the Bubble Nets get swept. I watched Katie and Kyrie get swept. It won't be the first time in the last three years. It is what it is. So with the backup center, you know, I hear a lot of people talking about where's the backup center. I think I saw Mikael Bridges at the backup center. Like at one point in the game, I'm like, is he at the five? Or am I? Am I tripping? Royce O'Neal, I think it was the backup. Was it? Was five it Royce O'Neal? Yeah, I'm like, a minute, yeah. I'm like, I couldn't even watch the game last night. I don't, I don't, I don't like the Knicks. I didn't like what I was seeing. There was no defense. Uh, let's play, um, or let's go to Joe Harris. since we were just talking about Joe Harris, I went and looked up his contract. Joe Harris is making 18,000 or 18 million. I wish it was 18,000, $18, six hundred and forty-two thousand dollars That's a lot of money for a guy that himself just came out and said, I'm just not the same player that I was two, three years ago. It's not to say that I'm less of a player, but I just... Kind of have to evolve and figure it out. When? (laughs) In the next 20 games, and they're gonna keep playing them and running them out there, but he's a stiff. He can't play defense, he doesn't knock down the shots like he used to do, and the Nets gave him that contract. Joe Harris is one issue. Ben Simmons, I know I've been saying 34 million. Ben Simmons makes thirty-five million four hundred and forty eight thousand dollars to do what? Be out for long stretches? You talk about load management. This dude's not even load managing. I don't know what this is. Like at 26 years old, how are you always hurt? I think it's a, a, a mental thing. Like he's trying to duck smoke. Like, all right, I don't want to be out there in these big moments with all of this pressure. And I was the first person on WFAN and everywhere else to say, do not bring him here. He's a baby. He's not going to be able to play here. I don't know what you guys think about him. There's still Nets fans holding out hope that he returns to form from three years ago. There's still Nets fans pulling up these clips of him playing for the Sixers, like
2: this. Believe got or not, hold out hope there's, that Ben there's, Simmons turns There's Sixers into fans it. who are acting like that. I put out a tweet, what? Uh, a couple like last week that said, like, man, it was crazy how good Ben Simmons was. He really fucking sucks now. <laughs> and there mouth. are Sixers fans. That's like my that tweet's going crazy. That tweet. Like has Sixers fans in it. Like, man, he could have been so good. He should have been so good for us. Like all of that. It's well, he a-
0: should still fix what's you yeah. know right. th- the the hypothetical theoretical whoever Ben Simmons is supposed to be addresses almost every issue the Nets currently have as a team. I think it was Frank Isola said on the the uh, the program last night on on Yes's broadcast. He's the actually the guy on the team with a resume. I mean, this guy's a three time All Star. I don't know how many times he made all NBA rookie of the year, the number one pick in the draft, like he should. And, and that's why you have to, as much as it's frustrating, you have to try with him in the meantime, but that's, yeah, that's a, a big part of the problem. And looking at um the the Celtics game, I just saw Watanabe's out Sumner's out and Simmons is out. So there's nothing you can say to Jacques Vaughn. He has no, there's nothing he can do. The only thing he can do is play Cam Thomas more. That's my biggest critique, starting Cam Thomas, giving him a long leash and playing him more. The rest of it, he's got no shot. He's got no shot. He's He's got to deal with the the guys that he has on the roster and, and, and the personnel that, that's actually available. Now, as far as the rest of this season and, and it being miserable and all that, you got the Celtics, then you got the Rockets and the Hornets, right? So, We'll, we'll probably have to the Hornets. I'm not saying they can't. <laughs> I, I think we'll have a good idea, you know, after the Rockets and the Hornets games, whether this is spiraling all the way into the lottery or whether, okay, you know, you might be able to 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 tread water, keep afloat, be a competitive team and, and make things interesting. Should
2: Dorian Finney-Smith be starting on this no. team? No. There's no reason to. No, if he's not hitting shots, there's no reason to. It, it should be... He's also getting destroyed by Giannis. Most it people should... do, but it's bad.
0: It should be Thomas Dinwiddie, Johnson, Bridges, uh, Claxton, with Finney Smith coming off the bench with Sumner, Watanabe, and um, O'Neal. That's or or am I missing anybody?
2: Uh,
1: I, no, I think you just you just you just put Cam in instead of DFS. <laughs> yeah, that's what it should be. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that the, these stats are trash. Uh, this is the guy you got back for Kyrie. In eight games, as a Brooklyn Net, Dorian Finney-Smith is averaging six points per game, 34% field goal um, shooting, 20% three-point shooting. He's playing 27 minutes a night. He's shot 55 times. 36 of those have been bricks. The Nets are two and six in those games. It's not great. And uh, Dorian Finney-Smith, I don't know if he's a city guy. I don't know if he's been able to adjust yet, but I look at him as a guy that, like, I I think he's uh, missing his his home, which is Dallas, or, um, you know, I just – I look at him as, like, maybe he hasn't adjusted to New York or Brooklyn yet, and he's still kind of thinking, like, what happened here? Uh, Kyrie forced the trade, and I end up on the Brooklyn Nets. He has not been what we expected him to be.
0: Well, he's the kind of guy that plays great off of somebody like Luca, one central hub, and he's standing out there waiting to shoot. And and he didn't really shoot the ball that well this season compared to his um, career. But the Mavs miss Dorian Fenny Smith. The problem is he's a little bit redundant with the roster on this team, and that's why I'm saying bring him off the the bench. Uh, D Rock with a premium chat says Cam Mikel Johnson Yuta, and Klax should start. Um, I'm not mad at that, but wh- who's that? Who's who's taken out in in that rotation that I just listed off? Oh, D- instead of Dinwiddie, I mean I I, I would probably. You know, keep Dinwiddie in along with Cam for now for for two balls, but you know Dinwiddie's not part of the long term future anyway. But those are the guys I would you know mix into the rotation I said before, and you have to play Ben when he gets back for the reasons that stated. Um, but yeah, the biggest I think potential change could be Cam playing as a starter and huge minutes every game, and Sumner uh, getting back into the rotation when he's back along with Watanabe. All right, let's queue
1: up. Spencer Dinwiddie's comments after the game and then we'll hit voice voicemails and um, we'll get out of here. So, you know, I'm talking about, you know, what these guys are saying and the post game and when you're losing, that's when you really should be paying attention to the post game because they'll give you clues. They'll give you hints to what's going on. It's like they're pulling back the curtain a little bit. And um, oh, let me see. I I guess uh, I might have to pull up the um, the Dinwiddie video. Uh, I put it in the notes, but let me see something. I know sometimes it's allow
3: a... the Knicks to
1: get off to that hot start. <clears throat> um, I think we, we try to drop defense. Um, one that obviously we haven't practiced, which is understandable because this group hasn't really practiced at all. Um... So you don't need to hear much more than that. It's basically Spencer saying, hey, we were going to a drop defense with this group. We haven't practiced at all. The break he- happened. <laughs> they went to Chicago. They came back home to face the Bucks, The Knicks, right after that, they haven't really had a, a, a full practice with these guys to implement Jacques Vaughn's system, which we've already heard uh, CJ talk about.
0: Yeah, I mean, and he went on to say it's not Jacques Vaughn's fault. They just haven't had a chance to practice. This was a team that essentially switched one through five. We heard Cam Johnson talk about how it was a different system than they ran in Phoenix. I have a feeling Cam Johnson and Bridges have had some sway on them changing this because Bridges already had some sway on them changing the offense. And remember after the Chicago game, I thought the offense was terrible. The offense has actually improved some. The defense was supposed to be good. That's supposed to be what they were hanging their hat on. So I refuse to believe the team is this bad. They just happen to be in a, a really rough situation playing the two hottest teams in the NBA in back-to-back games. When they played the Hawks, they looked like a team that's on the same level as the Hawks. So, I, I think hopefully that's about where they are uh pip name slipped back with a premium chat in terms of the Kyrie trade I would have preferred to pick over Dinwiddie but I didn't want the Lakers package the Lakers always find a way to get elite talent I went on wouldn't bet on them being awful long look the the Kyrie trade is what it is Kyrie was expiring you weren't gonna get you know it depends on what that that draft pick winds up being but the Mavericks don't look any good it's not like that that's not the Maybe the Suns win it all with KD, but we knew KD was the needle mover, the, the difference maker. But the, the 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 irony of that is, as I tweeted, and as I think I've said on this show already, the Harden trade's bad. The Kyrie immediate return, not really helping much. But for the guy that was carrying this team, that they weren't winning without. They were 4-7 and seven when Durant was out. They lost by 40 to the Celtics. They went in on an 11-game losing streak, without Durant last year, who's getting older and doesn't play full seasons. The one guy who is the legitimate needle mover, is legitimately in the argument as the best player in the NBA, they got good return for they The Kevin Durant trade... Can't complain was, about that return. It was Can't a good complain.
2: trade. Yeah, it's a good trade. At the end, If, if you have to trade KD, that's a great trade.
3: Yeah, I want to send a shout out to Talking Nets. Uh, keep doing what you're doing. However, it's hard to watch... The Brooklyn Nets getting embarrassed uh, after the trade deadline. And long story short, only solution to rebuild is to, is to blow it up. Josiah, sell the Brooklyn Nets. General Manager Shaw Sean Marks need to step down, get a new owner, get a new general manager. I would say three to four players coming back this offseason and just and get rid of the coach too because the history speaks for itself. For Jack Do they have and, owners
2: in the buyout market? You
3: know, <laughs> uh, it, it's embarrassing to watch. And hopefully this offseason, a turnaround, blow it up, start over, new coach, new general manager, new owner. Hopefully That's all you got to do.
2: Solved know This, <laughs> Solved. this is, this is my guy,
1: uh, Greg Hurdle. Shout out to Greg. I, 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 I know he was going through it after the game. Ahead, I just want to say,
2: on a personal note, you two are both, you know, very celebrated radio professionals i don't know how you do the call-in shows <laughs> i don't know how y'all manage it i i don't know how you keith i mean every night you get on the radio and you go and you listen to people say the most boneheaded comments anyone's ever heard and no offense to him i pre- i appreciate the call but man it's a it's a tough job that you guys have and and we're there to to we're supposed to like set people
1: straight right. The radio host is supposed to be the guys with the knowledge to say well hold on a second You can't just fire the owner. He does the firing. And this owner has already put a stamp on Sean Marks, right? In the summer when KD requested a trade, he even put a stamp on his co-owner of his lacrosse team, Steve Nash, to say, nope, I like my guys. We're going to stick with them. So to blow it up, the blow up was we already to get rid blew of up. Yes, the blow up part was to get rid of 7 Eleven.
0: By the way, what's Jacques Ron's track record? Because they look pretty good with Kevin Durant and Jacques Vaughn as the coach. Uh, the Bubble Nets, I think, exceeded what you would expect from that team. But what he did with the Orlando Magic, someone named one player who was on that team. Name one player. Who was on the Orlando Magic team, the Jock Vaughn coach? JJ Reddy. <laughs> and then tell me one year. We're supposed to hold that against him as if it's indicative of who we – The coach is always the first guy people blame because it's the easiest thing to do. The Lakers want to uh, get rid of Darvin Ham. Lakers <laughs> fans want to get rid of Darvin Ham. They just got rid of Frank Vogel. So
2: <laughs> I mean, like well, who's that, next?
0: It's that's like... just Knicks fans wanted to get rid of Tom Thibodeau earlier this Bingo. year. Bingo. And they can't stop winning.
2: No, but why but if we get hey, Email Doka it- though?
1: Oh, yeah, That's the Ime Udoka stuff has popped back up. <laughs> we we couldn't do that. With the turmoil, like, do you understand? Maybe if Kyrie wasn't um, sharing his Amazon cart online, then maybe we could have got Ime Udoka, but it was a firestorm at the time. If That's Kyrie didn't do tail. that, maybe he gets his money. Yeah, maybe. It's a, it's a what it could have should have. It's going to be a hell of a 30 for 30. All right, one more, or two more, or three more. I don't know. There's, hey, guys, there's it's
3: Keith, Robin, Hudson, hope y'all doing well. Uh, With being on a four-game losing streak, although the one against the Hawks is kind of controversial with the travel call, uh, giving up as much points that we did against the Bulls and the Knicks, what do y'all think y'all want to see from this team in tomorrow night's game against the Celtics? And then secondly, what do y'all think Darren Sharp's role is on this team going forward? Thanks again, it's Connor, and let's go Nets.
1: I don't expect them to beat the Celtics. The Celtics are going to go to eleven and zero against the Nets in the last like a couple years. And Dayron Sharp is the backup center. He's going to keep playing. Like they're going to use him. They need bodies. Yuda's supposed to be coming back. Edmund Summer's supposed to be coming back. But it is what it is with Dayron. He's got to learn somehow, right? He's got to grow somehow, and he's going to learn
2: under fire.
0: Yeah, he's not going to be the the backup center long term either. He's just not good enough. I mean, there's four. We've guys. got like
2: we've got twenty games left of Daron Sharp. We Again, can tough it out.
0: Four guys, Claxton. Bridges, Johnson, Thomas. Play them. And then right now, I'd surround them with Watanabe and Sumner for energy and defense. I'd like to see what Edmund can do with more minutes. But those are the four guys who might have a future. Those are the four guys I'm playing.
3: Hey, Keith. This is Chris from Jersey, North New Jersey, to be exact. I'm a diehard Nets fan. And it's like the 12 and 20 season, I mean, I'm sorry, the 12 and 70 season was bad, but this is close to it. Jock Ron has to go. He does not know what he's doing. We should not have hired him. It, I don't get it. I really don't. I don't get what, what his apprehension is about starting Cam Thomas. Like, this it, is terrible. Like, it, we've gotten blown out so far, what, two in the last four games? Jock Ron is a problem, and he has to go. And not starting Cam Thomas is literally just a tip of the iceberg.
1: This is not like the 12-70 and 70 season at all. <laughs> And I I know that a lot of people are coming for Jacques Vaughn because he's got the extension, but it's, it's not I, like, that's what I'm saying. And I saw some takes on that's Twitter and some things I'm like, it's not this man's fault. Uh, he he's, he's been put in a tough situation. Uh, I know it's not as fun to watch because you don't have Kyrie going for 40. You don't have Kevin Durant going for 40 anymore. But this is the league, man. This is the NBA. If you're gonna be mad at anybody, be mad at those guys. They they blew this thing up, they didn't see this thing through, they left you hanging, and they forced you to watch Cam Thomas not start, right? They forced you to watch uh Dorian Finney Smith and they forced you to watch uh Ben Simmons do nothing. Like it's all we part went twenty of
2: this and game. two with Jacques Vaughn and KD. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That doesn't count anymore, right? That's like, it, it. It that's that's not a
3: thing. Yo, this is D-Rock. Sean Marks and the Brooklyn Nets sold our soul to Kyrie Irving and DeAndre Jordan to purchase popularity and relevance with Kevin Durant. And on February 9th, 2023, the basketball guards evicted the Brooklyn Nets from their own city. With a roster full of short point guards and a bunch of small forwards, the Nets are becoming synonymous with ineptitude. The rest of the season will be miserable. And if we think Sean Marshall throw away our excess pieces and bring in a legitimate center for in to play alongside with, an all-NBA point guard and a good backup stretch five and power forward, I'm sad to say, get ready for another disappointing season.
0: <laughs> well, that fans
2: are going through it. They're writing I poetry.
0: Mean, yeah, and, and if, if the roster's filled with such bums... How are you doing these things that you're that, you know you're talking about doing? Like, everybody's a bum, but trade them for good players.
1: misery know? We are back in the misery of being a Nets fan that fast. It's crazy, right? Last voicemail.
3: <laughs> what up y'all? I Hope everybody having a good day uh rough day for net rough stretch for Nets fans right now, y'all, but you know we gonna survive. We've been through much worse than this. um Vaughn. Uh, I think that signing was a little bit too rushed. I feel like he needs to prove himself a little bit more before getting re-signed like that. But another
1: seven years it is
3: what it is right now. Um, people like Seth, Patty, Joe, and Royce have got to go. It's dead salary, dead weight. They're not producing anything. I feel like you could have traded those guys in a package with like KD or Kyrie or even TJ Warren. But listen, it is what it is. But I hope we do make moves with those guys included. Um, Dwayne, Finney Smith, and Spencer Ben-Witty, Uh, I think you could go ahead and trade those guys for some picks before this, this upcoming draft class. Um, and, you know, we just got to keep it safe right now. Knicks fans talking trash. Hey, let him, listen, let them talk trash. They've been, they've been out of it for three years with us and whatnot. So, listen, um, you know, I'm not even really listening to it. I'm not even really listening to it. To it. Let's just keep it going. Let's keep it pushing. And, um, you know, hope everything everything gets better very soon. Let's go, next, Brooklyn.
0: I mean, as far as some of those points, they're solid ones. If they can still get two first-round picks for Dorian Finney-Smith, you have to explore that and, and all those things. What are the Nets on right now? They lost to Chicago. They lost to Atlanta, Milwaukee. A four-game losing streak? Like, it's not good. Like, a four-game losing streak or bad. But we act like they've lost 37 games in a row right now. I mean, the schedule's been pretty tough. It is a brand-new team. They've
2: lost eight out of their last this ten. Team, this team with it. Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Would could lose these games? They, they're, we're but playing the did. best teams in the league. And that's what I remind <laughs> Nets fans. We had an 11 game losing streak last
1: year. The year before that, there was an eight game losing like this. That's what Kyrie is... put
2: the put the team on his back, Keith.
1: Yeah, but I mean, like, <laughs> Kyrie. Like they said that Katie and Kyrie played 80 games together in these four years. Not even a
0: full season. Not one full season. Uh, <laughs> D. <D-Rion. laughs> D rocks responding in the premium chat. Robin, I didn't say we have bums. We have a surplus of players at two positions. Mark's philosophy of small ball will fail to yield championships. Fair. Uh, there is a you know a glut of wing players. I will say those players are generally sought after, so they could be used in a retooling thing in the, the the summer. It is a fair criticism of of Sean Marks that the the things that um were issues just continue to be issues. Second chance points, rebounding, lack of a lack of size for the team. I, I just don't think all of that stuff was any worse after the... You know, once Katie and Kyrie are like... Once Kyrie's like, I'm out of here. And then shortly thereafter, Katie's like, get me out of here. There's not much that can be done other than hoping you get the best return on those trades that you can. I think it remains to be seen what that is for the Kyrie trade. Though, I, you know, Kyrie's value just wasn't really there. I do think they got the best possible return for the KD trade, which was their last chip. So I... I I I, I find it hard to to muster up all this anger about that because I've already come to grips with the fact that he's no longer on the team and that that previous incarnation is is done. Uh, Christian Valenciana, people still in denial, but the fact is we gave up two generational talents for a bunch of chicken wings because we have an owner with an ego. We didn't give them up. Is Kyrie Irving going to be on the Mavericks next year? We have no idea. Like Kevin Durant is different. And look, Kevin Durant, for whatever reason, has hitched his wagon to that every time. And once he decided the, the organization wanted to do good by him. And again, I think they, they got a good return. But this idea about Kyrie, sorry, nobody wants him. Nobody wanted him. We don't know if his current team is going to keep him. We don't know what his career is going to look like. No one's doubting his talent, but we can't act like they just squandered giving him a full, long-term max extension. They told him to go look for that in the summer. And no one would give it to him. They I, I,
2: I thought I, I had formulated thoughts actually before I started stuttering like that. <laughs> I just we don't, we didn't give those players up. We didn't give them up. They they asked they to go. Their way out. They they gave forced up. their way out. They gave Kyrie up. They gave up on you. Like Kyrie Irving left. And he only played half the time. And Kevin Durant left, and we did right by him, and we let him leave. I, what what does anyone's ego have to do with that? Kyrie Irving, you do not give max contracts it's to business. players who do not play. The
1: juice was never worth the squeeze. and there, uh, I've, there was I've gotta, no juice. I've got to wrap this thing up. We won, we we up. won seven <laughs> playoff games. we got to get out of here, folks. <laughs> this, this can go on forever, right? Because this is where the Nets world is right now. This Nets world has been built, but it is split because there are some Nets fans that are more attached to Katie and Kyrie than they are to basketball, the organization, NBA, and the future. It is what it is, right? It's so hard to say goodbye to yesterday. (laughs) Get over it. It is what it is. Like They betrayed you. They turned their backs on you as fans. How are you still going on about, oh, it's Joe Sy's fault? He did what he felt like was best for business. And it is what it is, folks. Like these guys, uh, I don't know what their careers are gonna hold the rest of the way, but go back and look at the last game Kyrie played for the Nets. That's how he went out. Go look at the last game James Hard- James Harden played for the Nets. And I mean, KD's last game he played was a win, but, but it, he was, was represented for weeks. He was he got out hurt for
2: weeks. The guy the last missed- game he played for the Nets, he got hurt. The guy missed so much legs. time.
1: I know I said 80, and I think in the chat. Uh, SB said, Keith, 74 games, 74. The juice was never worth the squeeze. We got played and that's okay. There are better days ahead. It's just going to be rough right now. You got to go through it to get to it, hang in there or don't go root for the Mavs, go root for the Suns or watch hockey. It's going to be fine. Don't let this consume your everyday life and all of your thoughts and make you a miserable person. The Nets have a chance to win some games and be in the play in maybe even the playoffs. Who knows? We will be back to talk about it. I hope that they're able to win back-to-back games against the Hornets and the Rockets. Let's go Nets. Let's go Nets. Brooklyn.